Welcome to the BASAC View. We are the Battlefords and Area Sexual Assault Center, and this is an educational podcast about consent, self-healing, and keeping yourself safe. Join Kayla and Michelle as they maneuver their way into all the topics you hate talking to your kids about. Sex, puberty, body safety, growing up, and most importantly, power in no. Because consent is mandatory. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 16 of the BASAC View. My name is Kayla, and with me, I got my buddy, Michelle. Hello, hello, hello. And we are the outreach team here at the Battlefords and Area Sexual Assault Center. Uh, COVID kind of put a wrench in our pro- in our programming last year, so we had to get creative with how we give out our information and how we teach and we made a podcast. We made a podcast. How cool is that? So we're in season two, episode 16, our second episode of our second season. Michelle, I almost cannot believe it. It's, you know, it's been really good. And I think I say this every time. The feedback has been incredible. And so many people are listening and they're using it to empower themselves to educate their children i mean that's exactly what we're why we're doing this right again like you said we can't get into the schools so we had to come up with a different plan and this is it and it's working well so with that michelle please tell our listeners what is the topic today (laughs) it's a little risque (laughs) it is isn't it and i mean as much as it could have gotten us into trouble you know, researching for this podcast, we decided to go through with it anyway. So we went there. Oh, baby, did we go there? Mm-hmm. Because today our episode is all about pornography. Yes, you so. heard her right. Pornography. <laughs> How many times did our boss, our executive director, come down this week and see that porn was all over our screens just researching for this episode? <laughs> okay, so we're waiting for the porn to please to show up <laughs> any day now, you guys. <laughs> well, and to be fair we weren't actually watching porn but we had the topic of porn right and so every time she came down what are you guys doing oh we're just researching porn right the good bad (laughs) and the ugly that's right and also i just want to clarify that we're both sex positive you know for people who don't understand what that means it's just simply that we're both open and tolerant towards sex and sexuality We support people's rights to enjoy whatever kind of sex life and preference they find fulfilling. I mean, who are we to judge, right? Who are we to say what's wrong and what's right? But there is that fine line with that understanding as well, isn't there? Right. And we just wanted to stress that as long as all parties involved are informed and enthusiastic, consenting parties, okay? Being sex positive to us does not mean that you are accepting of any harmful or manipulative or predatory And of course, non-consensual sexual Mm -hmm. tendencies, okay? Mm -hmm. So we just wanted to put that out there as well. Right, right. Really important to know that. And you know what? What interested me in this topic was I was actually watching an episode of Goop on Netflix. Have you seen that yet at all? It's episode four, but have you seen it? You've mentioned it a few times, but I have not, I've not been able to watch any of it yet. It's kind of, it's kind of neat. You know, they dive into some topics that most people maybe not dive into or go that depth or, you know, cover an aspect of it that 
may ha- have may not been covered already before. Mm-hmm. But in episode four, they were talking about how so many women do not know their bodies, right? Or they don't know how to ask for pleasure from other people or that they even have the right to do that. But most importantly, how to pleasure themselves. And also what they're, in quotation marks, downstairs, because we always advocate knowing the proper terms. I was just going to say that. I was just going to say that. (laughs) So also what their vulvas look like. So they show different pictures of female genitalia, which I found very interesting. And they also refer to the fact that due to pornography, women actually have a very skewed image of what their body parts should look like. Should. Again, in those quotation marks. Yeah. Yeah. And in fact, a lot of the actors if if that's what you want to call the the people that we see on the screen they have surgery done to make their genitalia look pretty and they also bleach that area to make their bodies a pretty color like young girls and that fascinated me you know because again i thought so many of us are swayed by what we think is normal because of societal ideas including porn and so I had to talk about it. So here we are talking about it. Thanks for that little intro, Michelle. So having said all of that, do you believe that porn is all bad? You know, it's kind I, of a blanket question, but. Well, and I think it depends on who you're talking to or what aspects of porn you're talking about. So you're saying there's a good side <laughs> of it. Well, you know what? There are actually healthy and consensual relationships out there that use porn as a fun tool for some healthy and safe sexual activity. That's fair. You know, okay. That's fair, right? It can stir up some excitement. It can stir up some new ideas, new position ideas, if you will. And if that is done in a very safe and consenting atmosphere, then go for it. Totally. Right? Absolutely. But I also say this because I read a story about a professor. You know, I also say that it's good the good aspect of it. Um, The story about a professor at the Boston University who was giving a lecture to her students about dating violence. And she was listing stats and going on and on. You know, sometimes that what happens to us when we're programming in person too. And the students' eyes were glazing over like it was just a bunch of stats and facts and numbers. Yeah, kind of boring, right? But as soon as she mentioned the word pornography, their eyes lit up and they laughed and they high-fived each other. And that made her realize that teens are actually interested in porn. They are watching it and they are learning from it. They knew exactly what it was, right? But we all know that porn is not actually the healthiest or most informed way to learn about sex. Right. Which is why we bring this topic into our programming as well. Right. Yeah. That, and and that's what she did too, that, that taught her that in fact, the topic of porn could actually be used as a springboard for having an engaging conversation with children. Absolutely. Conversations about boundaries and consent, uh, healthy relationships, emotions, and so on. And like I said, that's all that we do here as the outreach team at Mm. BASAC. That's right. And those conversations, not only can they be awkward, (laughs) they are awkward. awkward. And I do know that they are difficult for some adults. So that's why we go in and we help ease into that conversation. I mean, where do you want your kid to learn about these kinds of things? YouTube, right? The Mm -hmm. dark grungy alley that is YouTube. Pornhub, their friends. I mean, the umpteen number of pornography sites there are. 
And I also think it should be said that in teaching kids about porn, teachers don't actually sit down and watch porn with their students. That's not what we're doing with our youth either, right? Yeah. Yeah. But they use the concept of it in order to have those deeper conversations, those bigger conversations. Right. It's a tool, right? It's a tool. We can't just bury our heads in the sand as parents or guardians of children. We can't assume that our dear sweet Muffy or Jim Bob is so wholesome and pure and innocent as we would like them to be. I wish, right? And and definitely there are some. But in my research, I found public health researcher Emily Rothman found in her studies that 93, 93% of young males and 62% of females had viewed porn at least once before going to college. So our Muffy and our Jim Bobs are probably not as, I don't want to say innocent, but you know, that they've had some experience with some porn. And those, those percentages actually do not surprise me, but Mm -hmm. I do wonder how many of their parents actually knew that they had had done that. Right. I mean, I can't really say I was a saint growing up. I remember sitting in a friend's trailer at 15 or 16 years old with a couple of other girls and a, and a whole bunch of guys, a room full of guys, and they pulled out the old projector, you know, like the old, <laughs> I don't know what you call them, but the old projector Michelle, with the you're, reels. <laughs> you're really aging yourself here. <laughs> and we watched the porn. Oh my God. So did I rush home and tell my mom that? Nope. <laughs> right. I did not. But for many teens, porn is their number one source for information about sex. They have nowhere else to get it. Yeah. Nowhere else to learn. And obviously the dangers of that is that porn skews thoughts and beliefs about a lot of things. That all all body parts are shaved and pretty pink. Absolutely. Tucked in where they're supposed to be. Porn culture basically tells you that sex, love, and intimacy, that all those three things are the same thing. But we know they're not. not, Of course they're not. It invites you to think that sex is something that you can do anywhere, anytime, with anyone, even strangers, and that there's going to be no consequences. Mm -hmm. Ordering pizza tonight? (laughs) (laughs) You know, expect a sex scene. Like, give me a break, right? It obviously skews your beliefs. The pizza man. Right. Right. You know, and it also leads uh, some teens to think that um, being an actor in porn is a very lucrative and high profile career. Getting rich quick. It's glamorous. It's exciting because this is what our kids are being fed on the daily. Check out Instagram. Check out TikTok. Check out magazine racks and just see how women and men are both glammed up with their tight little booties, their six packs, their Botox lips, their bedroom eyes. I mean, sex sells. Sex sells. It always has. Right? And our kids see it more and more than we ever did. Right. You know, I know you're a little bit younger than me, so you've seen it more than I ever have as as a child. And this generation is seeing it even more. But we have to we have to teach our kids that a career in porn is not always safe and it's not always easy. And it certainly can involve so many dangers, including drugs, trafficking, sexual assault, being exploited. 
And I also think that some children just don't have the capacity to understand that porn is a form of entertainment at the end of the day. It's not a how-to guide for sex or healthy relationships. I mean, not at all. Right. Not at all. Right. You can't learn the truth about sex from porn. The industry is built on that exploitation, that get rich quick, that glam, like I mentioned. It is not built on learning how to be in a committed relationship, how to build trust and respect in those relationships. The parts that made sex really, really good, like acceptance and understanding and that trust, that's not portrayed in porn. I mean, porn is a huge huge business. business. It's a big business. It always has been. And they don't really care how they make their money. Mm -hmm. You know, at the end of the day, it's an industry that can be filled with lies and that greed, that deceit and obviously unrealistic expectations. Mm -hmm. You know, I I read a story about a fellow and his buddy who found a stack of porn magazines in the woods. So imagine that you're sending your kids out to play and look what they find. So again, it could it could be anywhere unsuspecting, right? So it was probably likely a husband trying to hide it from his partner or maybe (laughs) another teen trying to hide it from their parents. Who knows why these magazines were out there, but they took the magazines to their tree fort and through time, just consuming all of that all the time, it led this fellow into a compulsive habit of porn use, which is not unheard of. Oh, amen. So Getting married did not solve the problem like he thought it would, that he hoped it would. And the wife knew that something was up, but didn't think it was a really big deal until it was, right? His obsession grew to the point where he preferred to watch porn instead of being intimate with her. And I mean, that's causing a whole bunch of problems all across the board. absolutely. You know, and even after having their two children, he actually couldn't be intimate without the use of porn well you know when we're doing this presentation with our youth we go through the neurons and the science of the brain and how your brain changes when you're habitually watching pornography right so it is a full-blown brain change yeah when it's habitual and his wife thought she was to blame I mean, because that's what we women do, right? She believed she wasn't thin enough or sexy enough or young enough or even beautiful enough. I mean, because again, that's what we do. If, if our, if our partners are seeking that gratification somewhere else, we think it's because we're not good enough. What's wrong with me? Yeah. So it's not so much a healthy relationship. Um, But of course, we know it wasn't her fault at all. It was just part of the addiction, but she didn't Mm -hmm. know what was going on. So in the end, happy to report, he went to a therapist specializing in sexual issues and he got the help that he needed. So what surprised him, though, was when he went to group therapy, he learned he wasn't the only one addicted to porn because he truly, truly thought that he was. You know, it's a thing. Yep. I mean, obviously, it's a thing. It's a thing. Okay, so what what are some of the myths, some of the misconceptions, uh, some of the lies that porn can make people believe? What do you think? Okay, well, let's start with that women are less than human. Mm, big one. What a statement. That we're just cute little bunnies or pets, playthings, animals. In most adult movies, the women's body parts are the only things shown, not her face not her eyes. Mm -hmm. So the fact that she's an actual human being with actual human being emotions and thoughts of her own 
are totally played down. Right. Totally played yeah. down. And it makes it easier for women and men to be harmed. Absolutely. Another misconception our teens might be learning is that there's no need for consent or laying down of boundaries. Oh, no, that's so big. Or that you don't have to ask for permission. That pizza man's just going to come in and yes. <laughs> do the thing. Aggressive behavior is very prominent in porn. And so teens who are using porn as their sex instructions, their sex ed, many have skewed understanding that in reality, permission and communication between partners is the basis of what a sexual relationship mm -hmm. should look like. Exactly. That gets yep. forgotten about. Yeah. And I like how Emily Rothman put it, that if talking about sex and healthy relationships is awkward and weird, then listen up. You're not ready for it. Right. If you're not ready to have those verbal conversations about sex and healthy relationships, then you shouldn't be engaging in it. Mm -hmm. Right. And you know, the other lies that the porn industry can lead to is that a woman's a woman's value depends on the attractiveness of her body. And that's something mm. we talk about mm -hmm. in our programming all the time. And why wouldn't they be, right? Less attractive women and whoever deemed them to be less attractive is beyond me. But, you know, that's just the way it is sometimes in society. But these women are called dogs and pigs and whales, right? They're called disgusting and horrific and even worse sometimes in the porn movies. So it can be very degrading for sure. I mean, I'm not five, eight with long legs and long blonde hair, so I'm not perfect. Right. So no wonder we're messed up as women. Okay. We have such fake ideals of what a woman should, should look like. And I mean, I know that too, because I've talked to hundreds and hundreds of women when I own the two fitness facilities. And I would say probably, Close to 95% of them hated their bodies and hated themselves, right? So thanks, society. But that's another podcast. <laughs> One thing that really stands out for me when talking about porn is that women are portrayed to be super submissive, mm -hmm. right? They're always the submissive ones and men are portrayed as the dominant ones. Right. How could that mess up a young, easily influenced teen male? Who's in charge? The man. Yep. And when is the act of sex done? When the man reaches an orgasm? The end. All the done. End. Right? And it's also wrong. There's no thought given to the woman's presence other than being used for a man's pleasure. And they what about matter. the woman's pleasure? Right. Right? Other lies. That women like it rough. All women like it rough. I mean, in the movies, they're groaning and moaning and begging for more. So it tends to get rougher and rougher, even if she says no. No means yes in a lot of those porn movies. And we work so hard to teach the opposite. The opposite, <laughs> right? Right? Hurting women is not entertainment, right? They're not to be gagged or choked or spit on or slapped. It's abuse. Plain and simple. It is abuse. Very well said. Young children should not have sex. Okay, we know that. But according to one of the biggest sellers in the porn industry... It's true. Oh, scary. Women are dressed up like little playthings, like I said before. Women, young girls in uniform, looking like little dollies in their ponytails and holding teddy bears. Mm -hmm. All this does is gives a very misconstrued image and idea that children are sexual. And that alone 
is horrifying in itself. Absolutely. Children are not sexual. No. No, but they're portrayed, right? There's nothing glamorous about porn. There's nothing glamorous about prostitution. There's nothing um, glamorous about degrading women or hurting young children. There's, there's nothing glamorous about that. Okay. So, how can one tell if one has an addiction to pornography? And what can we do about it? Well, you know, I think I think we know when we have an addiction to porn, right? But the, in case we're not, I, here's some things that uh, people might just pay attention to, right? You have shame and you have guilt about your porn activity you're watching. And for, for a lot of people, that can cause depression. And, you know, we talk about the men here, but, I, you know, there's women who can be addicted to porn as well, right? So that could lead to, to a bout of depression for sure. Or if you think about porn all the time, even when you're not watching it, it's consuming or the idea of it is consuming to you. All consuming. You may find yourself being sneaky, right? And mm. watching it in situations where you might be caught <laughs> even. Like in your office. <laughs> Just <laughs> and the boss comes down. <laughs> yeah. uh, you get upset or you get in a rage when you get asked to stop watching mm-hmm. it. You get defensive. Yeah. You know, for some... Maybe you can't perform without it, right? You need to watch something before you can actually um, have an intimate uh, moment with somebody, right? So it's becoming a problem for you in in the bedroom, per se, right? Or you hide it from your loved ones. Um, maybe you lose track of time when you're watching it. Mm. And the last one we have, you have this compulsive need to consume it, even if there are negative mm. consequences to you doing yeah. so. You know you should not be doing it, but that impulse takes over. Right. Broken relationships or, you know, getting into trouble at work or whatever. So, But we do want you guys to know that there is help, okay? There's lots of resources out there. So there is help, and I strongly encourage people to get that Mm -hmm. help if you are struggling with a pornography addiction because it really can make a difference. Talk to your doctor. Talk to a therapist. There's therapists and doctors who specialize in this very thing. Right. And you know what? Change your environment so it becomes more difficult to watch it in private. Mm. Put your computer in a busy spot in your home, for example. Or change the settings on your internet services like you would, you know, put parent controls on them. Right? There's nothing wrong with that. And talk about it, like Kayla said, about getting help. You know, talk to somebody about it. Even distracting yourself when you get bored. Or you feel the Mm. urge to watch can help by exercising or being physical. All of those things can help refocus your thoughts. Right. For sure. For sure. It's hard. You know, it's a hard thing, but it's going to take work. Yeah. There's no shame in asking for that help and taking those steps for treatment and recovery. And, you know, it's a big topic. And with today's access to the internet, I think it's actually bigger than ever. But in terms of teaching our teens who like to question things and be invited to think for themselves, we also have to be ready to have those deeper and very awkward conversations. Mm. I mean, they're bound to happen. Well, because it's up to us as parents. It's one of those things. Parents are guardians, right? That we said earlier. To teach our children to become um, critical thinkers. Mm -hmm. So when they're exposed to porn and its messages, uh, that they can understand that it's just, like we said, solely a source of entertainment. Yes. And nothing more. Yeah. 
It is not the way to learn about sex. It is not the way to learn how to have a committed and healthy relationship with a partner. And it is certainly not the way to learn about our own changing bodies. It kind of sets us up for failure in terms of loving our bodies. Some things should and have to be taught Mm -hmm. at home. Just like drinking and drugs, just like respect, just like common sense, just like consequences of your actions. So you guys talk to your teens. Yes, there's complexities. It's not all black and white. Some people can use porn as a sexual tool and use it in a healthy way. Right. Okay. We do want to put that out there. Right. But that's why those conversations are so important. Right. They may lead to further conversations between teens and parents. And again, those necessary conversations. We may get to have a peek inside of our children's minds. Like, what do you think? And what's going on up there? And help them cope with situations that, you know what, they might not even realize that they're in. So let them learn from you. Otherwise, they're going to learn it from someplace else. And it's not going to be the most reliable or safe way Mm -hmm. for them to get that education. Mm -hmm. They may not be adults yet, but they sure are living in an adult world. Absolutely. So... To wrap up or or just to give some ideas that things parents can help with in keeping their kids safe online, for sure, you know, watch what you're handing to your child. If they have a device like a smartphone or if they have access to the internet and if they are not being supervised in any way, they may intentionally or unintentionally be exposed to online porn because sometimes it shows up at the back end of a YouTube video for sure right or at the back end of an email so talk to your children set up those parent controls teach them how to be safe teach them what to do should they come across something like that come talk to you and keep those lines of communication open if your child even a young child is asking questions about sex and you have never had a conversation about it then that should be a sign that they've seen something. (laughs) They've heard something. They're curious about something. They need to know that they can trust you to come for answers without being shamed, without being yelled at. Or we don't talk about that here. Absolutely. It's not what we talk about in our family. So we start programming with students as young as Mm pre-kindergarten. People are always surprised that we're in classrooms Mm -hmm. that young. But you guys, it's important. We're not talking about sex. No, our our pre-Ks, we're talking about the importance of personal Mm -hmm. space and keeping our hands to ourselves, right? And setting those very starter boundaries. Yeah, It's never too early to talk to your children. Right, Right? exactly. And don't worry that talking to them is going to make them more curious or turn them into some sex-driven teenager. Mm-hmm. That's always a fear with parents, yeah. right? But you guys, education helps keep them safe, and it helps them make informed choices. Right. If your child goes on playdates often outside the home, just just check in, right? Check in with the other adults. Check in with the other caregivers. You know, how are they being supervised? Keep those lines of communication open about what's happening, because you never know right behind closed doors what's going on. You know, it's not just porn that can be skewing the images our children have about their bodies or sex or violence. Really, it's it's all over the media, all over the media. Teach your children that media discernment. Ask their opinions about media messages. Be open and be willing to create conversation about what they are seeing Mm -hmm. without that shame. 
without that blame without that comparison absolutely right and you know i think that it's also important to be said that if your younger child hangs out with older siblings and their friends they'll likely be more exposed to things that they're not ready for they're gonna (laughs) hear some things yeah right they're gonna see some things so Again, it's those open conversations about sexual health that can help them to come to you with any questions or any confusion or any concerns they may have after hearing some things that they may not understand or that they are not necessarily comfortable with. You want them to be able to come to you as a parent and have that open dialogue. We don't have to live scared, right? But we do have to be aware that our children have more access to the subject of sex than ever before. Yeah, I agree. It's not just a magazine tucked away between mattresses or at the back of a closet or in the garage that they have to dig to find, right? If they have their hands on the device, they have access to it. Yeah, that's the scary truth. So be willing to talk to them about it. Be willing to educate them. I mean, we're trying, right? We are trying. (laughs) But we're not in every school, right? And we want to prepare our kids and your kids the best that we can. And hopefully we get into more schools this year. Fingers crossed. But we'll see. So at the end of the day, my quick little one line to wrap up this episode 16 I think we can all agree, Michelle, that porn is not the healthiest or the most productive way to learn about sex. Right. Okay. So talk to your kids. Yeah. Talk to them. It'll be weird. That's okay. Weird is okay. Yeah. Weird is okay. And they usually like, I know when I talk to my kids about where do they come from, you know, there's always that awkwardness and they were like, huh, okay. And then they just went on and played, right? Both were like in grade five is about the time that, that I was teaching them. They didn't necessarily have their hands on the device anymore or at that time. Right. And there's, Oh, all right. You know, it didn't create any monsters or any exactly sex driven. Yes. Crazed kids. It actually educated them and they were, then they were less curious. Oh, that's what, Oh, (laughs) sort of thing. Right. Our, our goal as parents should always be to just raise the most knowledgeable and healthy and intelligent and informed human mm-hmm. beings we possibly can. Absolutely. And that starts with talking about even the uncomfortable things. Yep. At home. Absolutely. So you guys, if you haven't already, please subscribe to the BASAC View. We are available on all podcast platforms. Michelle... Thanks for the porn week, bud. Right? <laughs> what a fun week. And until next time, bye you guys. See ya.